Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. With your host, Jay Ewing, and my good friend, Thomas Milburn. That was like a really professional intro, wasn't it? That was <laughs> it made you giggle. <laughs> it made you giggle. I think the way you have professional intros, if you have like a British lady. Yes. You know, I just want to do a British accent, but it'd just be horrific. Yeah. But you have a British lady who comes on, you know, welcome to Calvary Bible. Yeah. yeah. It's really funny because, you know, the BBC came to America with their news. You're like, You're, you can't compete with that. You just, they sound trustworthy. That's because the of problem, the right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you, this is the only one I can trust because they have a British accent. Yeah. Now, I, I assume that we're popular in Britain. Yeah, we are. So Many downloads. Many downloads. I, I would wonder, do they just know they're smarter than us? <laughs> Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. They're sipping their tea, eating their biscuits. Like, uh huh. These people. These people. These people. America. America. I'm glad there's a sea that divides us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we didn't like their tea anyways. We want coffee. Sorry, John. Sorry, John. <laughs> we want coffee. Coffee's good. Tea's good. Coffee's good. Tea's good. I'll take anything that's hot. Really? Yeah. No. There's only one hot drink in the world. Really? Yeah. You, that's coffee. You don't even do like hot chocolate. Not really. It's too sweet. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Maybe like once a year, and then I take my first sip, and I'm like, I should have had some coffee. Okay, here's a question. You're from Texas. Yeah. You've talked about how you pretty much exclusively drink Dr. Pepper as that's a Texas. technically not true. I think, you know, there's been people that fact-checked me in this podcast, okay. <laughs> <laughs> including my mom and my wife. Okay, so they've, uh, they've seen, they've spotted you drinking Coca-Cola like Mr. is Pimp. one of my favorite. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Um, yeah. Okay. I love Coke. Okay. There's nothing better than a, like months of not drinking Coke and then having a Coke. It yeah. like just hits a spot that no other drink in the world can hit. Do you go to McDonald's to get your Cokes? That's a really good place to. Yeah. The, it, Chris and I were talking about this, how McDonald's right. has the best Coke. Right. They have, because it's a larger straw. Yep. And then I found out they actually have an exclusive deal with Coca-Cola of like upon delivery, like delivering their syrups cold. Really? And they have their own unique uh, mix. And that's why it's... I don't know. That's what people yeah, say. That's, I, I believe it, actually. But our podcasters in, in Great Britain are wondering this. But Diet Coke yeah. at McDonald's? No good. Is it not? Do you know where you, the best Diet Coke is? Uh, I'm going to guess probably like Murphy's Gas Station. No. Okay. False. What is it? Chick-fil-A. Really? Yeah. Like if, if you are a Diet Coke addict mm-hmm. and you have to get the you know aspartame in your body a couple times a day, yeah, go to Chick-fil-A and just taste the difference. It's so good. So, okay, one time long ago, and I don't remember the context really very well, but I'm going to slaughter it anyways. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Who needs context? Yeah, Let's yeah. just make some stuff up. There was one time I, in either school or Sunday school, told my teacher that my mom had a Coke problem. And she was concerned. <laughs> yeah, because my mom yeah. drank lots of Diet Coke when I was growing up. <laughs> it was really good. Like, different, a, different story. My mom has a Coke problem. <laughs> All right, so back to so Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Hot drinks. Yeah. Full circle. Have you ever had hot Dr. Pepper? Yeah, of course, man. I'm a kid from Texas. That's what I was wondering. Like, <laughs> what's the deal with that? That's it, gross. It's, you know, it's it's not that good. Let's okay. just be honest. And actually, there's a place in Waco, Texas, right there next to the University of Baylor, um, that serves hot Dr. Pepper with a shot of coffee at their 
coffee shop. I'm confused. Uh, yeah, it's like a combination of coffee and Dr. Pepper. Had it once. Really? It was weird. Just give me an ice cold Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I love ice. Yeah, I love ice. It changed the world, didn't it? It did. Person, <laughs> I had spent uh, a semester in Spain. Yeah. And there's no ice in the country. Yeah. And I can say this on the podcast. We're, we're not as popular in Spain. Yeah, they, they really don't like us. But it's like, man, I don't know if I could just do warm <laughs> water. And just everything's warm all the time. Yeah. No. Speaking of ice, if you go to calvarybible.com, <laughs> it is as smooth as ice and refreshing when you go to calvarybible.com. That was the worst days. transition on this podcast. I, Best probably. intro, worst transition. <laughs> hey, Check out the latest of what's happening on your campus. You can go there. The webpage is really cool these days. You pick your campus so you can get your information based upon where you meet and where you call Calvary home on Boulder, Erie, Thornton, or online. Go to the mobile bulletin as well as Church Center's the app these days. Download Church Center. Get on calvarybible.com. It's a great place for you to uh, switch over your giving from our old platform to our new platform at Church Center. Do us a big solid and get there and do that before September 27th. That's what the business office tells me to say. And uh, we'd love to see you there. You can find out groups. It's really cool. Okay, so I just learned something new today. I was going to say, if you're going to sell church church center, yeah, I wouldn't start with online. Giving. online giving. <laughs> I mean, I would get there because yeah, it's there. really important. It's really We're important. We're switching portals. Yeah. But there's some really cool content there. Yeah. From being able to check in your kids early, so you have to stay check on the in lines. It, Calvary Kids. The mobile bulletin. Mobile bulletin is really slick there. Prayer requests are there. Prayer now. requests are there. Yeah. Events that are coming up. The, uh, totally. Base camp there. membership, retreats. And then you can get all the messages for your campus there. Right. And maybe one day the podcast will make it. Yes. Hopefully. Keep our fingers crossed. But one of the cool things is in group section now, if you're a group leader, they actually have resources. And so you can download the discussion questions for your life group from the app themselves. So you don't have to go to calvarybob.com Can you download the discussion answers? That's, you have to pay me and Cokes to get that, the answers. But no, um, you know, it's a really cool app. So go there today. Don't hesitate. Speaking of moms, I have a great new listener to the podcast. It's my mom. She listens to the weekly now. Yeah, while she was here a couple weeks ago, we were over pizza and she was like, Jay, I didn't know you had a podcast at Calvary. How do I download it? And Kate, with a mouth full of cheese pizza, said, Me, Mama, you just go to calvarybible.com. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the commercial was born. Yeah, that's how the commercial <laughs> was born. So it's really fun to have my mom now listening. She nice. can fact check me all she wants. Okay, so now Jay Ewing is censored yeah. in this podcast. <laughs> Great. This thing's going downhill. This is really censored. Yeah, I'm definitely in view of like, My mom's listening now. What do I say? <laughs> What does the Holy Spirit think? What does my mom think? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so we've been in a great new series in Hebrews, Greater Than. If you've been at Calvary over the couple of weeks, there's some really great messages on all these campuses over Greater Than. Specifically speaking, we've been in Hebrews 3 this last week. Um, that's a really fun chapter of Hebrews. There's some chapters that are pretty hard in Hebrews, let's be honest. Yeah. Let's just be honest, right? There's some like... There's some dense. Yeah. But chapter three is just a really great, timely encouragement. Talking about the life of Moses, talking about the people of God, sort of summarize for us, the listeners, Thomas, what Hebrews 3 is talking about. Uh, yeah, so what we did on he- on Hebrews 3, kind of across all the campuses, whether you're in Boulder, Thornton, Erie, or online, 
was highlighting the need for perseverance mm-hmm. in this, um, the need for perseverance of faith through hardship. We kind of assume the author is writing to a group of people, a, a, a congregation of Jewish Christians or those who have come to faith and are experiencing hardships, um, whether it's because of their beliefs, maybe it's because of life, maybe it's because of persecution, mm-hmm. but they're experiencing some hardships that they needed to be grounded in the greatness of their faith. And so the writer of Hebrews is giving this exaltation of Christ to say, Jesus Christ is greater than, and it could be your challenges, what you're facing, hardships, lack of provisions. Jesus Christ is greater than the suffering or persecution you're going through. And so we've spent the first two chapters just talking about the greater Jesus as the Son, greater than angels, has a greater message. Um, and here, we turn to Jesus is greater than Moses, and then comes this warning of, okay, in the time of Moses, as Moses was a servant in the house of God, Jesus is the son over the house of God, those who were following Moses fell away in this great rebellion. And so let us take heed of that as a warning to say, okay, we follow a greater leader than Moses, not to have diminished Moses in any way. Right. Like Moses is a big deal. He's a really big deal. And the author's not trying to put Moses down. They're trying to show Moses is great, and Jesus is the one that was spoken by Moses of the one to come. Jesus is greater. So therefore, hey, children who follow Jesus, let's not fall back into Moses. Let's not fall back into where Jesus has brought us out of, nor shall we fall away in faith from our great salvation that we have in Jesus. Yeah. Really good. So let's let's go back a little bit to to Moses and just in your own reflection and own preparation, what do you find is like the most fascinating thing about Moses is in your own personal journey through the text of Hebrews three? Uh, I don't know if it's most fascinating. It is definitely the most unique piece about Moses, and I didn't take time on Sunday to talk about this. Zach Thompson did, which was actually out of Numbers 12. We were in Numbers 13 and 14. Let's open our Bibles here, huh? Yeah, let's turn let's some pages. Numbers 12. There's this episode where Miriam and, and Aaron are opposing Moses. Mm-hmm. Like they... they who's, who's Miriam? So that is sister and brother, okay. right? So they're, they're opposing Moses. And well, I think it's just right here in the beginning. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses, chapter 12, verse 1 because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. And now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who are on the face of the earth. Like That's just amazing that, that Moses is humble, yeah. having seen what he's seen. Blessed are the meek. And he says, And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and to Miriam, Come out you three to the tent of meeting. Like I, we're going to have a, we're going to have a little chat. Okay. A little chat. And the three of them came out and the Lord came down on a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forward. And he said, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant, Moses. He is faithful in all my house with him. I speak mouth to mouth clearly and not in riddles, and he beholds the form of the Lord. And they says, you know, why were you not afraid to speak against my servant this way? Wow. And so what's so amazing about Moses, I think this is why Moses is the greatest prophet, and to elevate Jesus above Moses is a, is a massive deal mm. because Moses, unlike even the other prophets with visions or dreams, 
God spoke with him face to face, mouth to mouth, as you would speak with a friend. It's just amazing to see how God really befriended Moses mm-hmm. and called him along. And then Moses' posture was this meekness, humility mm-hmm. to walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would highlight about Moses. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I had never pondered that that little story there. That's really fun to be there in that text. I mean, it's not very often you find yourself in your devotionals reading in numbers. Unless but, you're a mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> Bible joke of all Bible jokes. <laughs> but it's so funny. Yeah. You like math, you're going to love numbers. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh man how are we going to recover for that one okay so let's talk about hebrews 3 um there's a lot of things happening in here there's a lot of shifting of gears um thoughts ideas phrases that you could spend a whole week on talking about like one verse of this right yeah so what do you think are some of the big highlights that we need to as the people of calvary take away um this week as we we think about those messages we heard yeah, I think one thing just to really apply this week in, in time, find some quietness, maybe grab your journal, and you're just really asking the Lord to search you and know you, um, is this idea of our hearts. And so the author of Hebrews picks up through Psalm 95 a episode with Moses in the wilderness and the people of God who in their hearts walk away from the Lord. They get their eyes off the Lord. Their heart gets hard towards Moses' leadership. They're looking for new leadership. Yeah. And let's take me back to Egypt. Yeah. And here the author is talking about, you know, hardening our hearts, the deceitfulness of sin, having an unbelieving heart that would lead you to fall away from the living God. And it's right here in the quote from Psalm 95, where he said, where the Lord says, therefore I was provoked with this generation, those who fell away in the wilderness. And and said, they always go astray in their hearts. They have not known my ways. And it's like we follow the direction of our hearts. Yeah. I think it's why, you know, the Proverbs say, take care of your hearts, guard your hearts, mm-hmm. for it's the wellspring of life. It's it's the directional compass really where we follow. And so what is it that we feed our hearts? Mm-hmm. Um, what do we delight our hearts in? Because that ends up leading our heart and then we follow that. And so this big message here of, okay, be careful, guard your heart, tend to your heart, um, have faith in your heart with perseverance, and even how we encourage each other's hearts right. um, in faith so that we would spur one another on to continue to persevere. But just the condition of our hearts. I know, what was that book that you read that was, We're, we're Becoming What We Worship? Oh, You Are What You Love. You Are What You Love. K.A. Smith. K.A. Smith, right? So Yeah. And there's a podcast on Calvary's website booklist of a review of that book. that's right so yeah. grab that podcast what episode was that oh man it's right. early on okay it's one of the early books book list great book right yeah. and that's one of the side one of the things that like hey we become what we worship we, we become what we be- love mm-hmm. so what do you love do you love sports do you love you know ad- adventure do you love experiences and like you're gravitating towards those things right the other flip side of that is we become what we tolerate mm. And what things we allow to take root in our life and we tolerate its presence, eventually we just kind of give into it. It's like a slow erosion. So one's kind of like a drawing of your heart to the things you love, and one is kind of like an erosion of the heart to the things that you tolerate. And I think here are these just these warnings of like, okay, there are certain things that happen in your life and challenges, sufferings, hardships that can 
turn your heart, can, mm-hmm. can harden your heart, that can you know, put calluses on your heart so you become less sensitive, mm-hmm. um, spiritually speaking even. And like the, the Israelites in the, in the wilderness, turn your heart away from God. Yeah. It happens in the book of Judges quite a bit, like with people doing what they saw right in their own eyes, right? That's a big phrase in the book of Judges. And then I think of Solomon too, and his heart being what he tolerated because of his alliances and marriages and marrying women that were not Hebrew women and things like that, that really kept drifted his sort of heart at times. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so I think this warning right here um, where he says in verse 13, but exhort one another every day. So like exhort, Mm -hmm. right? We talked about just encourage. It's this encouragement of one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Yeah. So sin has a deceptive nature to it. Definitely. That we are gravitating towards it. And then that deceptive nature in which we're living in it, it like begins to own us, enslave us, um, ensnare us to where our hearts become hardened. Okay, so you said grab a journal. So what would you recommend us doing with that? Just going before the Lord, getting some stillness and space to ask the question, what is our true heart's desire? What would you suggest? Yeah, maybe let's, let's, let's give him a few questions, Jay. So here are a, question, a couple questions you could borrow and put in your journal that you would answer. So one would be, what are my heart's desires mm-hmm. right now? This honest, be yeah. honest with it. Yeah. Yeah. Honesty is the only way you're going to actually grow. Yeah. Your mom's probably not going to read this journal. So, totally. Totally. <laughs> uh, and you could say what sins look very attractive to me right now. Yeah. We talked about, you know, sin and its deception. The reason it's deceiving is because it has a deceptive appearance and sin has a deceptive promise to it that it, you know, None of us would sin if it didn't look good, mm-hmm. didn't taste good, didn't feel good. Um, I remember listening to a pastor a long time ago who says, man, sin is great until it's not. Yeah. And everyone in the room was kind of a little quiet. He said, hey, for all of you who say that like, sin's not good, you either didn't do it and you're lying about it yeah. or you did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a reason it's so um, attractive. Right. Because it has this element that we're craving something from it. And it's deceiving because it has this deception of promises, like what's really going to do for us, right? Um, whether it's going to medicate my problem, this will help me escape the anxiety that I have. This woman really understands me better than my wife does, or this man really, you know, cares about me more than my husband does. Or yeah. if I can just get out of this, whatever. Or if I could just buy this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you kind of you know your own hearts. So maybe just making a catalog of like, what is it that my heart gravitates towards that I know is sinful? Right. Would be a good reflection. Mm. And then just an honest, I think an honest assessment of where is my heart towards the Lord? Mm-hmm. Like how would I mean, you pick your matrix, but how would you evaluate your, the spiritual condition of your heart? Yeah. And know that that's not a, be generous with yourself, I would say, in that. And the caution of, like, well, I'm not where I want to be. You know, that's always the big hang-up for me in that stuff. If you meet like, a Christian that's like, I've arrived, yeah, steer clear. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. But, you know, just being gracious with, like, knowing that the Lord has you in his spot and he wants to lead you out of 
into better greener pasture let's put it that way yeah this is an assessment like dashboard lights right you're saying hey i'm gonna be honest with myself so i know where my location is because once i know once i can locate myself then i can make steps in the direction i want to go so if you do have the desire to you know i really want to love the lord more or i really want my heart's desire to be fulfilled in him you have to first be honest to know where you start Mm -hmm. but there is some there here's a good barometer we were talking about this like when, when we get wrapped up in sin and we get disappointed by God and we start leaning towards unbelief, what are some of those characteristics that we see, maybe even specifically with men, in how they are sarcastic? Yep. What else did we say? They, they become cynical. Mm-hmm. And, and they, it's a, a defense. Cynicism is a defense mechanism in the human experience. It's, it's something that really I think we have to be care, careful of in these days, for sure, as Christians. Um, cynicism is wrapped in disappointment. And I, I long ago, I read a, a book about great leader who conducted orchestras in New York, and he said that um, a cynical person is someone who's just been disappointed too many times. And I feel like when we get into sin, we get disappointed with it. We get disappointed in ourselves. We get disappointed in the story we're telling and instead of reaching out, looking to the Lord for healing, um, we harden our hearts towards things. Do you think it's possible for, for us to get disappointed in God? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. With, without unresolved disappointment with God. And that is the hard work of sort of what, you know, we would call the spiritual desert of life, you know, disappointments with God. Without walking through those, we actually don't grow towards God in a way. We avoid them. We're not we're not avoiding we're just avoiding growth in our own faith, I guess I should say. Yeah. If that's clear at all. But I think cynicism, um anger, anger's a big warning sign that either you're you're dealing with some unmet needs or desires or unmet disappointments, you know, some disappointments. Yeah. Um, How about the lack of emotion? Yeah, totally. Apathy Apathy would be for sure, yeah. You know, and I would say even like if you're, and I've, I've counseled men in this where sometimes if they are like binge eating junk food is a, it's a warning sign for them that they have some unresolved either sin or disappointments in God. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're just humans. We're, we're trying to figure out how to numb ourselves at times when it comes to sin, instead of turning towards the Lord and having him meet our needs, even when he might seem slow in that. Do you think it'd be a, a significant warning sign if someone was like putting Dr. Pepper in coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Like, well, man, like, <laughs> whoa, what's going on, bro? You Okay. So I think one of the remedies, we said there were three remedies yeah. here in this text. There's you know, there's more than that. But here yeah, in the immediate definitely. text is the author saying, you know, he's, I think he's trying to exhort this community mm-hmm. to yeah. look at Jesus. So consider Jesus. So put your mind, put your thoughts, put your eyes on Jesus because he's your advocate. He's been the one that took on the flesh. Right. He's the one that's gone through your sufferings. He knows temptations. Um, he's, he's been in the world and felt with his friends disappointment, mm-hmm. like great, 
great family that he loves coming to them saying, show up, I can help my brother Lazarus before he dies. And, and just to say, oh, you know what? I know that you're disappointed in me. Mm-hmm. And he's walked it, so get our eyes on Jesus. So we look at Jesus and then we listen up like the Holy Spirit here. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, we want to be in tune with what the Spirit says, yeah. what God has said through his word that the Spirit has poured out. Um, by and, journaling, you will become, and let's just connect the dots here. Um, by journaling and going through that process of asking the questions about where your heart is, you're actually softening your heart for the Holy Spirit that's to right. speak. That's It's not to just self-fulfill prophecy in your own self or be self-dependent. It's actually you're softening your heart so God can speak once again. Because that's the goal, right? We're going to try to re-soften right. a heart that's been hardened and calloused right. by sin, unbelief, you know. Yeah. And then the third one is, what we say was to, to lean in. Right. right. So we look at Jesus, we listen up to the lean spirit, in. to the word, and then we lean into community. And that's the heart, probably the hardest. I think so. All. Yeah. We can do the first two. Yeah. It's the leaning into a community that's really hard. But that's the part where they encourage my heart. Mm-hmm. They ask um, questions of me. They they care deeply for me. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the thing. They share their own disappointments. Right. They that's share their own really story important. with God. They share their own struggles and challenges. And then they tell you, here's how God has met me. This is how God has provided for me. And you know, this is faith, right? We're looking at the rear view mirror of God's faithfulness in other people's lives, mm-hmm. historically in the, in the scriptures, and then also... You know, if you journal, you'd have a historical document of God's faithfulness in your own life yeah. to come back to to say, okay, he's been faithful before. I don't see this right now, mm-hmm. but I know he'll be faithful again. Totally. One of the things that I think I've been reminded of in our friendship over the six years that we've known each other and done ministry is that there's a spiritual discipline, and maybe it's not a discipline. I, I don't, I'm not very clear on that, but maybe the, the act of remembering is really important for the spiritual experience with God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So we, he put it in the, the instruments of uh, communion. We remember what the sacrifice of the Lord. He puts it in the scriptures to remember these stories, how these people of God have faithfully lived, how he showed up when they were unfaithful, all those type of things. And even journaling is an act of remembering because you get to read and remember, oh, man, I remember those years, you know, like my college years. I, I have journals where I remember, like, the disappointments I had, the the trials, the the longings, and all those type of things that I can remember God's, now, and, and look back to God's faithfulness. And, yeah, and, you know, we talk a lot about remembering as, like, a spiritual practice. Yeah, I don't know who said it. Yeah. I don't remember who, the way I heard it encapsulated was, the Christian life is the practice of remembering. Yep. And you think about even just the how the Jewish calendar was set up mm-hmm. to remember. Right. And like when we come into Christmas, we come into Easter, even like could you reframe other events during the year, people's birthdays to say, oh, I remember, I remember mm-hmm. God's faithfulness. I remember how crazy it was. You know, or I remember our prayers that we would be able to have a kid and here's this kid now. Right. Um, all those things. I mean, I don't know what you remember at tax season. Pay your taxes. <laughs> Give, Give to, to Caesar. Caesar what? <laughs> we both thought of Give that. Give to Caesar. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, Jesus. But it is the practice of remembering. Yeah. And the, the exhorting, the encouragement is to help remind, right? right? We want to remind people. We do. We need to be of God's, God's involvement in my own life. Yeah. And, and it can, that can be in theirs too. Yeah. What ways have you been 
encouraged by people in the past to keep going? What are some ways that people have shown up in your life? You're less like, man, that was such an encouragement to me. Yeah, you know, I think when they share their own weaknesses mm-hmm. and reveals God's strength to them, mm-hmm. um, that is always encouraging to me. Because in, in a world where everybody looks put together, right? I think it's really encouraging to say, hey, I'm, I'm not that strong. I've been in the valley before. Here are griefs and sorrows in my own life. Here are funerals I never wanted to attend. And then this is where God showed up. Right. And that was five years mm. of walking through that. Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. To say, okay, they're, even, even when they share their lack of faith, honestly, it's an encouragement to me. Because it's saying, okay, I'm not alone in this. My faith, up, down, you know, it has its high points, it has its low points, but then it was true for them too. And they're continuing to follow the Lord. It gives me great encouragement to continue to follow the Lord myself. Mm-hmm. So I think it's that honesty. Um, and I think we, we struggle to say, how do I encourage someone right now? They're, I don't have the right words. I'm not smart enough. Um, I don't know what to say. Or even, you know, like we, we want, always want to put a bow on the story. It's like every testimony you've ever heard in church is like, I was dealing drugs in Columbia. Right. And then Jesus met me and redeemed me and my whole family, and here we are perfectly complete. And we're translating the Bible for the right. Columbians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wow, that that's not my life. Right. Well, yeah, we, we really are not good at telling the middle story of what's actually going on right now yeah. that is not redeemed. Yeah. I think the other piece, and this just comes from our, our time on Sunday, because I want to be a Caleb and Joshua, right? Mm-hmm. So when they spy out the land and they come back and the majority of voices, there's the challenges are too big. Mm-hmm. The giants are too big. We're too small. They're too strong. They're too weak. I'm, we're too weak. It's too fortified. Um, it's like, like I want to be Caleb and Joshua. Like, Time out. No, the Lord just took us out of the greatest empire on the planet, Egypt. Yeah. Let's and- just go in. And like wiped away the leader in a... Yeah. Like, a, just a remember seat. what God did. We all saw it. Yeah. Um, I know we feel, we feel so weak, but that's great. Because when we're weak, he's going to demonstrate that it doesn't depend on us. And so he promised to do this. Remember, you're remembering a promise. So I'm reminding you of what he said. Let's go do it. Yeah. And I think I just need champions in my life, too, that are just over the top, trusting God. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's go in there. Yeah. I would say another encouraging thing was, like, writing notes, you know, we being an encourager, send the text, send the email, send the Facebook message, whatever it is that you communicate to your friends, um, to encourage them, to thank them, to keep them focused, to say that you're praying for them, putting them on your prayer requests for a few weeks, your prayer list, whatever it is to encourage them. Um, you know, in a handwritten note, look, you know, I, I'm in ministry and I probably get like three or four handwritten notes a year. And they're like things I put in my drawer, like they forever remembrance. And so, you know, a handwritten note to people is such an encouragement to their faith. There's a thousand ways to encourage somebody, right. isn't there? Totally. And Free coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and we just want to be a community of people that are just known as our, as encouragers. Yeah. You said on Sunday, you want to unleash, unleash thousands of encouragers here. At I think it was singular. Singular okay. thousand, but uh, thousands, but to, yeah, to say today, I don't know. Like you, you, whether you're watching news or getting your updates uh, from work or right. stock market, 
I think there are very few encouraging voices right now. Mm-hmm. And so we want to stand in the gap and say, okay, we know brothers and sisters are having a hard time. Let's get on it. Let's, let's go and encourage them. Let's send those texts. Let's send those emails. Let's remember important dates, their anniversaries, you know, whatever it is. Right. So that people are encouraged. And then point them to the Lord. Point them to the Lord. And that will help us keep our hearts soft. No doubt, man. It's an amazing thought to think, the way I encourage you helps your faith in the Lord. No doubt. I get to participate in your faith, and you participate in my faith. Yeah. We, we play such a critical role in the mission of God and the story of God and among each other. It's really cool. It's really cool how he trusts us with that, and he uses us even in that. Pretty neat. Hey, Calvary, we're so thankful for the conversation today. If you need some encouragement, if you are just at the end of your rope, you've got to reach out to us. You can always go to calvarybible.com. Um, you can go on to Church Center, the prayer request. Let someone know here at Calvary what's going on in your world. We love to be your encourager, get you connected in community, get you known in community through that middle season when things are unresolved, when the tension is high. Um, we want to be there for you. So don't hesitate to reach out to us here at Calvary at calvarybible.com or the Church Center app at Calvary. We'd love to, to be that for you. Thomas, any final words for us today? We got a minute 30 before the theme music ends. That's all we got. That's That's all we got. No, friends, have a great rest of the week. Um, Hopefully you're jumping on a campus, whether that's in person or online, so that we can continue to be together as a community of believers, striving after the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is not a season to step back. It's a season to step in. I know you feel tired. I know you feel burdened. I know you feel exhausted. That's exactly when you need to step in here at Calvary. All right. Love you, Calvary. Talk to you very soon.